I'm a lovable Aussie larrikin. Nearly beloved, we're gathered here today to discuss and dissect and autopsy what the hell happened when the shining light of this season has just been Ned Starked. That's, of course, we're talking about Bachelor in Paradise Australia, this generation's Ben-Hur. <laughs> my name's Lucy May. I'm your host for these proceedings, and my terrific co-host is Karen Pickering. Bula! <laughs> Oh, yeah, bingo for that. We're recording this on Wurundjeri and Wadarung land, and let's get into it. What an absolute stitch-up. What a shit show. What a pile of garbage. I almost flipped my coffee table. Yeah. At the end of episode two, I was was a combination of flipping the table and the blinking white guy meme. Yeah, I was like the panda smashing the computer. (laughs) I was like, this is bullshit. And like nobody was here to go, yes, it is. It is bullshit. Okay. Not only did we lose (laughs) the monarch who is Abby Chatfield, but we found out yet again what we all know is that. Men are trash. Yes, even the ones who seem okay are probably predictable trash. <laughs> I think we've dived in like way too, like we've we've poured ourselves 10 tequila shots for breakfast. Yes, good. <laughs> Instead of maybe we could just ease in with a daiquiri, you know? Okay. <laughs> we haven't even talked about the first episode. <laughs> it's the thing that's most uppermost in our and everyone else's minds is Abby being sent home and and it being revealed that Kieran's just he did just float to the top of the bin juice he's just a guy who is as disappointing as 99% of men (laughs) he's just a fuck boy yeah which makes him worse than some men yeah like that's a particular that's a particular flavor of shit man and that's what I meant by it's even worse because when it's the fuckboy parading as or, you know, masquerading as someone more sensitive or more with more substance and then it turns yeah. out that they're just the same. Should we go back back to the, to the halcyon days of when we arrived on Paradise Island <laughs> and realised that people were going to be sharing huts, which I find quite hilarious. With, like, infrared cameras in them. Yeah. And we saw some very paranormal activity. (laughs) Let's think back. So what were your first impressions of people as they came in? Because you had never seen most of those people. And I'd never seen most of those people and I'd never seen, you know, the format. Yeah, so my impressions after the first episode were, is this the best group of people you could assemble? Yeah. Cut rate mm. Avengers. The only person I care about here is Abby. Maybe Kieran, although he kind of was pretty knobbish even in the first episode. Um, mm. And everyone else is a little bit like the personification of nails on a blackboard to me. <laughs> no, come on, Litney. Yeah, I find them like it. It really made me feel more like too hot to handle right than than it did really anything else because unlike, i can't believe i'm saying this unlike maths which i grew yeah. to despise mm-hmm. everyone there was really from a very narrow bandwidth of looks personality mm. talent mm. 
notoriety. You know what I mean? Like it was sort of, it was like the televisual equivalent of like food court food. (laughs) It was like, oh, blah, fucking boring, you know? Like, and that's kind of how I felt about Too Hot to Handle. Like you've got all these insanely beautiful people with like nothing interesting to say between all of them, like barely string a sentence together. And when they do, you're like, really? That's what you're saying? Um, so yeah, yeah, I kind of felt like it was, you know, hate at first sight for me, which obviously deepened with episode two. <laughs> yeah, you were sort of swanning around in the lagoon being like, meh, and then it just went straight off an underwater cliff for you. Into or the I got dumped by a massive wave. <laughs> yeah, yeah and, and your bikini top came <laughs> off and your the bum went up your hoo-ha. <laughs> And you struggled out of the water and like one eyelash hanging off. (laughs) The thing that particularly the first episode highlighted for me was just how inane drunken flirting is and especially I think young people doing it the the level but they're not that young like it was like spying on like a like I feel like if we had spied on a party full of 18 year olds it would have been way cooler like way more interesting because they would have been like bam 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 talking about like Black Lives Matter and you know like being really kind of spicy but these guys were just like lank you know I just was the only time that they fired up was to take a shit on someone else yeah the the internalized misogyny going on was really depressing both episodes I'll tell you what Cass really needs to get a life take a long hard look at herself yeah Yeah. life like the shaming when she greeted Jess You've lost so much weight. <laughs> that was foul. And, and they did that like slashing knife sound <laughs> sound effect over the top of it. And I just thought to to think that that's well. I mean, it's I guess it's she said probably it's it's negging someone. I suppose. Yeah, for of course it was a pass ag dig at her. Yeah, like I didn't even recognize you. You look so good. <laughs> yeah, you look so good because you were such a like huggo before. Um, oh, on the on that. I was um, correcting you to say Helena last week, but yeah, everyone no, says it's Eleanor. Eleanor. I was so correct. It's Eleanor. You were correct, and you I stand I corrected. Your correctness. <laughs> I, I, I sit correct. I lie enervated on the ground from this fucking show. Corrected. The the whole like Abby gets what she wants. She's going to get her boobs out. Get her get what she wants. It's like she's famously not got what she wants now twice. It's like, but did you watch the show that she was on? <laughs> That you were on as well. It's like she always gets her man. Really? Because she's gonna use her feminine wiles because her sex I don't know wand. if you watch the same show. <laughs> the sex one. Did you see oh my god, Otter has been on fire on Twitter. Not only did he retweet us multiple times during the premiere. We love you, Osha. Come we, on the pod. Oh, please. <laughs> but we also he also someone said that uh, quoted the sexual one and he's like, I didn't know that they allow Hitachi's near the water. <laughs> I know the vibe <laughs> reference. Deep cut. Yeah, so Mary yeah. needs to, like, I Mary know, needs so a new, she needs a new Hobby? writer's room, like a new script writer. I, I was really Because this, this, like, really broken record thing of, like, you bitch, you bitch, you bitch, and, and kind of just joyless. That was the thing is that yeah. I feel like a lot of it, episode one and two, I felt like Abby's pursuit of Kieran was joyless. 
Yeah. Kieran's flirting with everyone was joyless. Mary was not even having fun with her bitchiness. You know what I mean? Like I was like, this is a group of really unhappy people not having a good time. (laughs) So it didn't feel like I didn't feel invested in anyone, you know? Yeah, but that's why I now love Jess because I feel like she came in and seemed like she was having a good time. Do you? I See, I didn't get that at all. I got that she – I felt like she had some cute little lines in the bits to camera, like off off mm. off stage. But I felt like on on in the island bar, whatever that yeah. den of hell is, <laughs> she was just like single-minded, laser-like pursuit of the man. And I was like, well, sure, if that's what like obviously that's what you're here for, inverted commas, like everyone's here to get their rocks off. But <laughs> it it made me feel like maybe it made me long for someone to have a conversation with each other that wasn't about who they were trying to glom on to. Mm. You know what I mean? Like the Bechdel test, but like yeah. Yes. <laughs> Which I suppose is asking a lot of um, a dating reality show that I'm like, it's not like I need them to sit down and talk about fucking Nietzsche or something, but I just felt like nobody has had a single getting to know you kind of conversation that's that like what, what are you, yeah exactly that we saw that's like what are you like yes and what are you interested in do yeah what ex- what excites you even the um dinner party with the question yeah was like right down to business do you like me tick yes or no who's the oldest person you would fuck you know? <laughs> oh sorry that did yeah, kill Jamie, me Jamie I know when they were like Jamie's 40 and they were like Eleanor what about you she's like mm, 38 <laughs> 39 and a half. 39, three quarters, 29 days. <laughs> we we need a whole episode to talk about Jamie. But I felt like I felt like my general impressions were that the producers dropped the book. Like, so for a start, I think having no structure obviously does the show no favors. Because even in Love Island, they have activities and like they go off and do things. And like the the dates are, you are often they are sitting there and whatever, eating ceviche or something. But <laughs> the fact that um, we didn't even see any conversation at all between Abby and Kieran when they did go on that date. And we have, we have not, we've seen um, 10 words from Niranga. Yeah, we've seen nothing from him. Yeah, Jake, Glenn, Naranga have had the edit of, you know, being invisible so far. Janie yeah. had a pretty bad yeah. edit, you know, but maybe she was super quiet. I really liked Janie. I thought she was super sweet and she is very sweet on Instagram too. She had a nice energy. Yeah, I agree. I really like that of the people there who I dislike, the ones that I dislike the least. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Eleanor. I think Eleanor seems like a total sweetheart. I was loving Eleanor. The way that she said when someone, a Jess came in, um, if I were in her position, I would want someone to give me the lay of the land. And I thought, yes. She seems like a sweetie, really fair-minded, not interested in being cunty to anyone. And no. But also quite honest. Like when she is asked something where she's like, okay, they're not going to like the answer. She seems to still tell them, which I thought. Yes. You're cool. I I I would give you my rose, Eleanor. 
Eleanor. Yeah, I really um, liked Eleanor and I liked that she um I think she was talking to Abby and she was saying she was saying like think about what was it Abby that she was saying this to? Like think about what this is doing to your emotions. Like it's it's day I one. I think it was Jamie. Like, I think she said to Jamie, if you if Jamie. you are getting yourself into this kind of level of stress and it's day two, you're going to, like, drive yourself crazy. You need to, like, take it down a few. And that was really good, caring advice for a guy who's unhinged. (laughs) Just completely some sort of lizard man in a suit. But the worst thing is that he's so pathetic that I ended up feeling really sorry for him. I did too. And I resent that. Exactly. I cannot believe that the producers and editors have put me in the position of feeling bad for Jamie, but I did. Tim, Tim's my best best friend. I love Tim. Tim's the you know the greatest thing that's ever Big happened sexy. to mankind. And then Tim's just kind of walking off halfway through a conversation. But also, Tim said to camera like. I don't, he's not my best friend. I'm Jamie's best friend, but Jamie's not my best friend. Yeah, which is like. A sword stabbing into the heart. Are we in grade five though? Like, do you need no, a best yes. friend? Like, do you, do you need to send them a note saying, are you my best friend? Tick yes or no. Like, I felt sad for Jamie. But, but also, yes, like you said, angry. Because I just think how, how has the spirit species that brought us like like Angkor Wat and the Hanging Gardens of Babylon and Dolly Parton's back catalogue led us to this place where more than one woman is wanting a rose from Jamie. (laughs) But truthfully, he cut a really tragic figure because he obviously was promising all these roses to different women in in a fairly self-aware way. He kept saying, I just want people to like me. I just want people to want to be around me. I just want, he said that repeatedly, which is sort of cry for help stuff. It's like the little kid in primary school who's giving away their thing. I'm such a pleaser that I will do stuff that running into a wall at speed, like that's how dumb it is and that's how badly it's going to work out for everyone Mm -hmm. because in the moment I'm so desperate for your approval and validation and even for you to just not be sick of the side of me. He is a thousand percent a product of patriarchy and toxic masculinity. That he's mm-hmm. this guy who is, I mean, he's a firefighter. Yep. That's an important job. You've got to be really good to do it. He he presumably is good at it. Won the the life lottery of being this kind of tall, strapping, white, able-bodied <laughs> cis man mm-hmm. in Australia. And he's clearly like Desperately unhappy, racked with insecurity, constantly trying to kind of please everyone around him and not put a foot wrong. So he ends up having kind of no no actual personality. It's so sad. It's so sad. Yep. Maybe we've all done versions of it ourselves at different times in our lives, like when we've been teenagers or whatever. We've really kind of been so desperate for approval that people are like, yeah, you actually, you end up repulsing people, not repulsing like Mm -hmm. you're repulsive, but like like you say, you end up repelling people because your energy is so scary. (laughs) Yeah. But also I got 
kind of bully vibes from Tim. Yeah, I didn't like the rest. Yeah, and doing the bits to camera about like, oh, I just had to fucking get out of there. Like he just goes on and on. Maybe he does. Maybe he is super annoying. That's not hard to believe. Mm. But it's like Eleanor, who doesn't know him from a bar of soap and is trying to moonwalk backwards out of his like romantic <laughs> advances, <laughs> just casually offers him some like actual genuine loving caring supportive advice yeah and this guy who he thinks is his best friend just bags him out to everyone and kind of makes fun of him and it's like why do you think he has this fear of people not liking him and then the britney thing kind of she's the female version so then she was kind of tacked on like a caboose onto the the train of doom And then off they trundled and I was like, oh, fuck, this is painful to watch. Brittany just smashed my heart to pieces multiple times. When her voice broke on when she was saying, you know, I wasn't even, I haven't been being crazy. I've been normal. You know, like she's been told so many times she needs to take it down a notch and stop being crazy, stop doing the conga line and. And the way, and the sort of nervous laughter through through saying things that are clearly like she's saying them as a joke, but they're not a joke. I actually wrote it down. I wrote down exactly what you just said. She, what what you're talking about. She said when she was crying, she said, "I was soft and sweet and normal." Oh my god! And it still wasn't good enough. I want to cry. <laughs> and then she said, "I don't know what it feels like for someone to like me." And then she said, everyone deserves love, except now it's just me in the corner by myself. Mm. Should this person be on Bachelor in Paradise for the third time? Yeah, the third experience. Like, has somebody failed in a duty of care when they've put her on the show? Probably. But also, is the lack of structure and the lack of actual rules and a recognisable format, Mm -hmm. does that make all of these things even more brutal? I think it does. Yes, because it's the only thing to focus on. Sink or swim based on their fuckability. Yeah. So far, I mean, we haven't seen. I just kept thinking, why aren't you having them, like, do cute activities and exercises and stupid stuff like what they do in the mansion? The Today we're doing painting, portrait, fun and games so that at least it's entertaining for us. It's not just bad uni party. And then why isn't the the – the, why can't somebody come up with some like survivor style elimination process that's not just like a weird cooking down of the bachelor one? Yeah. Well, I saw on Twitter uh, um, Rose Callahan said made a good suggestion, which was that um, they they should make it audience voting people out. Yes. People on the island island clearly can't make the right decisions, <laughs> so they need that that taken out of their hands. <laughs> Or like, you know, Eurovision-style voting where, like, Brisbane would get behind Abby. Fucking producers, hit us up, get us on as consultants, and we'll sort that shit out for you. I saw someone else on Twitter post a funny um, video of, um, I'm not sure what TV show it's from, but it's like people in an office, like a newsy-looking office, just running like they, like, (laughs) grabbing shit from their their cameras or whatever, and they're just, like, running out the door, and the the, uh, caption was, Batchy in Paradise producers when they realise that Abby's about to get get voted off. Imagine you were in the the production team and you were thinking, wait, 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 are we about to lose Abby? (laughs) That's what surprised me, that they didn't push Jamie to keep Abby. But maybe he just went completely rogue. Yeah. (laughs) 
he looked that. like he was having a stroke. Like he looked like he was about to <laughs> like need an ambulance. I just thought this guy is not going to survive. You should send him home because he is not cut out for the stress of this job. Like one rose has nearly broken him. <laughs> <laughs> so if we make some predictions, mm. Eleanor and Glenna. Glenna. Oh, man, that's really annoying. Glenella. Wait. Glenella. No. No, that doesn't Glenana. work. Glenana. 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 No, anyway. <laughs> no. Glenana. Okay. Um, Hell Glenna. Hell Glenna. <laughs> no, El Glenna. <laughs> You know, they seem like they're probably going to get together. Oh, Glenna. Let's please stop. Glenna, come on. Sure. Sure. <laughs> I, the thing is, I don't care. <laughs> I like I like Eleanor and Glenn, sure, whatever. Glenn, as punky uh, blue wide open, has got a Southern Cross tattoo on his back. Of course he does. Bam, bam, bam. <laughs> and yet again, slapped with the, with the damp dishcloth of resignation, of course. Of course he does. Slapped again with the reality of Australian masculinity. Oh, God. So then then we've got Brit and Tim. Tit. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Or Brim. Brim. Brim full of better. I like her too. Yes, I, that's that's exactly what I was about to say. I really yeah. like Brit. Um, I've I've been listening to her podcast and she's she's funny and oh, she has a podcast. Oh, what's it called? I'm gonna follow it. It's called Life Uncut. Oh, and it's her and um Laura who was on The Bachelor a, quite a few seasons ago with Maddie J. I told you about I told you about them last week. They're married with a kid now, or they've got a kid. So Brit, I think she's really smart and funny and well well spoken. I sound like Tim. Isn't she like a medical scientist? or something i'm not sure what she does something smart i'm sure i think she's cool i think she's funny i think she's beautiful got taste in her ass <laughs> taste in her ass what does that yeah, mean yeah tim oh tim is like oh taste in her ass yeah yeah yes. oh my god tim yeah completely lost me yeah i just feel like he's a he's a kind of gormless charmless bully boy he would be entertaining for five minutes and then just be completely exhausting and actually turn out to be a bit mean i take back everything i said last week about being nostalgic about being young and (laughs) single and beautiful and on an island because actually it looks awful okay i've got a list of the things that i hated the most I feel like we've gone through so many already. But okay, go. Can I say one that I think is probably going to be on your list? Yep. You can, do you want to guess what they are? I can get. I reckon I can guess at least one. Okay, go. I feel like uh, one of the things that I was just like, of course, was the gross fetishizing of the women as being tiny. And this is Kieran said this several times. It was like, how little are you? Look, yeah. It's so small. I'm doing. I'm not actually doing. Sorry, sorry. And I think he called to he called Cass and then just little pocket rocket. Pocket rocket. And it's like that doesn't Mm -hmm. seem like a compliment. No, but just being yeah, like one of your positive characteristics being very small is such as a woman. Um, it's such a gross. Yeah, facet of vom patriarchy. Watching Kieran like measure Cass's foot and her sort of satisfied look on her face, I I thought I know that feeling because I 
Uh, FYI, I have extremely small hands <laughs> and <laughs> it has been a feature of banal flirting over particularly my teens and 20s with boring men that to comment on how small my hands are and to measure my hand against theirs. Yes, right? You're making a face because it's so juvenile and stupid and fetishistic in a pathetic way. But also like, is it like the 1800s? Like are women supposed to be like, I want you to have a dainty tiny hand so that I can you know lift you off the carriage you know like but it's it's the the feeling that I have about it is laced with this kind of rolling my eyes at my younger self because I would enjoy it I'd be like yes I am you know mm. oh I do have tiny hands and oh your hands are so big and it's something that I I grew past but I know that feeling and I think it's um yuck <laughs> and they're like in their 30s and still doing exactly, it. Exactly, right? That's two-sided what you went through and what they're doing, which is like it's you're so tiny but that makes me really big. Yes, exactly. That makes me feel really big and powerful and masculine and manly if I can take your hand in my hand and your hand is like dwarfed by my giant man hand because that means I've got a big dick, yeah. you know? It's not like I did anything for my hands to be small. It's not an achievement, right? That's just the way my bones have grown. <laughs> Well, one of my um, most uh, – well, actually the the moment on my list of things I hated the most that actually grossed me out the most as well is related to what you just said, mm-hmm. which is Jamie says about Jess, she's got a great little body. Oh. Oh. Abby on her date saying that she was moist. See, I laughed at that. Because that word's gross. Yeah. The sexless, the sexless kissing of Kieran and Abby. Yeah. And I didn't in- that- yeah, I didn't wasn't into the bath kissing with Tim and Britt either. Yeah, that really challenged my pro-kissing stance. Yeah. Because you love kissing. You always want Yeah, it more. had everything that I'm always demanding. Like it had tongue and it had like close-ups and stuff. But I was like, you finally give me the kisses that I want and and you have to involve Tim. Are we at the point where we want to we want to have the we have to talk about Kieran conversation? Yeah. Yeah. I think we should officially strike him off as our, our pod patron saint. Oh, I removed him from our Twitter bio <laughs> 8 minutes in. <laughs> But that's what I mean, like officially official. Yeah. You know, like we will not we 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 will no longer have the Kieran Stott Award for expressions of positive masculinity. No. Because we handed there were a limited number of them and we've handed them out. <laughs> and they're no more. With the acknowledgement that look, like all of these people, apparently, they they're human beings. We all make mistakes and and <laughs> we've just found out that he's just some guy. And I guess for us what he represents previously was a bit of maybe hope for me anyway hope for the younger generations that maybe there was a bit more a bit of a new frame of masculinity on our tv that could help men treat women a bit more like human beings yeah, so what did we what did we like about him that that subverted toxic masculinity you know his hair his fashion sense his um sort of open- respectful open dialogue about himself and Mm -hmm. his feelings the fact that he didn't have to like be smashing tinnies with the guys you know like he's having his cups of tea Mm -hmm. um he was comfortable in his own body and with nudity and also had this like larrikin streak but that wasn't menacing comfortable with making fun of himself being self-aware all of that being part of the joke everything and not seeing women as like 
you know, objects and conquests and, you know, like he wasn't in the batchy house, you know, um, yucking it up with the other guys about, you know, trying to smash Angie or whatever. Like he was sort of seemed very genuine. He he did. And look, so probably hmm, he is. But What happened? Yes. I mean, probably he's all, he is, I think, probably all of those things. And yet at the same time, those were highlighted because uh, he was in a situation where there was one woman being focused on by all of these men. And I think that in itself is such an alien situation for our culture that it sort of cast this um, angelic hue over everything. And and so, like he, said, you're trying to say he was the best of a bad lot. Well, more to, no, no, not so much. No, I'm not actually necessarily saying that because there were a few guys on there who seemed like decent people, like who spoke out about the horrible. He stood out, you know. He did stand out, yeah. But it's more just that that is that actually when you think about it, super out of. <laughs> Actually, now that I think about it, super artificial construct, The Bachelorette and Bachelor and all of this, because actually in the real world, which is in some ways a little bit more like Bachelor in Paradise, you've got people hanging around together and guys like doing things like Kieran jumping from one to the other just because. So we found out in whenever they were having the math style dinner party that Kieran had cheated on his previous partner. The thing is, in itself, I don't think that's necessarily like a person is you strike them off the record, you never talk to them again, and you hate them. No, at not all. at all. Things happen. Not at all. I think Abby's response was like was like really proportionate. Yeah. You know, she was like, "Well, you fucked up. You're owning it. You're saying you're saying it wasn't cool. You're not bragging about it." And you made a mistake and you move on. It seemed like his remorse that he was expressing was genuine. Um, You know, it was a mistake. I wouldn't do it again. It was a bad thing to do. The the thing was, it's that in addition to a bunch of other stuff, like going to Abby when he'd been turned down by Cass, when he knew that Abby was super into him. That's that's one of the things that I thought, I don't like that. Because it was so, 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 so clear that Abby was, at least in the way that she was edited, really liked him, was really interested in him and for him at that point she was just like a second kind of like oh well that didn't work with her and I'm on this island so and this is what we're doing so now I'm going on to Abby which I didn't like. TLDR a fuckboy. Yeah. And that was a shit thing to do to Cass as well even though we yeah. may care about that list. He was like just bed hopping and then literally the next day another woman <laughs> arrives and he's like well I've got two women kind of fighting over me already but I'll take this third one as well like it was it was just real basic yeah you know dickhead asshole behavior to the guys as much as to the girls you know like true that's actually true and as I said to another friend oh yeah okay so it just turns out he's tragically basic yeah but beyond that like Glenn and can't even remember his name other guy is that who you're talking about Jake yeah, they're basic, the definition of basic, mm. but Kieran's worse. Yeah. Because Kieran's this Wait like player yeah. where he's you can't you he can't have behaved that way in the course of 48 hours and retain the illusion of I respect women. Yeah. I see women as whole human beings. I have a sense of like collegiality with my mates. Yeah. I I have anything on my mind other than getting my end away. Mm-hmm. Like with anyone. Yeah. Which that is fine. That is fine if you want to like get your end away with multiple people in in any other kind of scenario where it's not 
as you said, an artificial construct about finding love, Mm. you know, inverted commas. I have to take a moment to acknowledge Abby's historic line during um, Cassie's question. (laughs) I mean, unless someone's really good friends with Renee or something and then (laughs) swung her head around. Stared at Cass. I thought I would never, ever have the guts to do that sort of thing. And I just love it when other people do. I just, someone who just names the the elephant in the room, love it. Yeah, but that's her. That's Abby, I reckon. Like, you know, you know, we were saying on the last episode that I think even Abby would agree she's grown a lot Mm -hmm. since Mm -hmm. her batch season. Mm -hmm. And I think of Kieran, we can say the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it might be that he was cooler and sweeter and nicer initially, but the fame's gone to his head. The, the money, the mm-hmm. notoriety, the, you know, endless supply of, you know, beautiful young Instagram influencers. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> he's like maybe turned into a bit of a dickhead. A little from column A, a little from column B. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. The bar is so low. <laughs> I know, that's right. Oh, so low. That's right. Yeah, and I'm just so glad to be an old, boring, married person. <laughs> Well, I'm so glad to be a single, old, boring person with no men in my house. Certainly watching this show did not make me (laughs) long for dating, romance, sex, contact with men. Oh, speaking of contact with men, right. So (laughs) the, the internet is now already mounting the campaign for Abby to be the next Bachelorette. It sure is which obviously we are behind Mm -hmm. a thousand percent. Mm -hmm. She also just casually mentioned her Insta stories today that she's bi. So how cool would the first bachelorette be, the first bi bachelorette with men and women there in the mansion going on dates? Channel 10, fucking call us. (laughs) Channel 10, you need us. To all the women that you need on there. And also Channel 10, like we could just open up a whole new world. I wanted to do a little shout out to the, I don't know about you, but I love the Tour de France. And one of the best things about the Tour de France, it, which which right now I will be watching mm. if it wasn't for friggin' coronavirus. Um, one of the best things about the Tour de France is the um, music that SBS plays um, <laughs> coming back from the ad breaks. Yeah. And it, and it was it's become so iconic that at one stage on Twitter when I used to be on Twitter, the hashtag troll DJ was like the number one <laughs> um Tour de France hashtag in the country. So give an example. Because troll DJ well like um they would always they would play really trolly novelty kind of songs where the lyrics corresponded to something you were seeing in the race. Uh, red. Um like the final Yeah, exactly. But it would but it would be really specific. Like it would be like it was raining yeah. and, and it would be like lightning crashes <laughs> and all mother dies. And then the, the next ad break would be like, oh no, it's raining again. Um, and it was just like very cheesy and eclectic and cool. And um that would be my other, you know, look, I shouldn't give the farm away for free, but that would be my other tip to Channel 10. 
to have um, self-aware you know, music choices. Pay the money for the royalties and like either lean fully into the ironic, fun- you know how you said that when Cass said that revolting body shaming thing, mm. they were like, doing. Yeah. <laughs> They should kind of lean right into that and make it either very self-aware, very, you know, um, very funny and knowing Mm. or they should, you know, like they when Abby and Kieran kissed, there was like this really cheesy saxophone. Yes. It was like. And I thought you're kind of trying to be funny but like either fully go for it or or Stop it. it. Give me like proper batchy mansion swelling. Both sincerity. Orchestral strings, you know, Mm -hmm. one or the other. Because that was something that I actually enjoyed about maths was like the kind of manipulative, you know, fake romantic, you know, and that when they went on dates, it was like jaunty music. (laughs) When they were like getting along, it was like really kind of happy, vibey music. And when they were sad, it was like dun, 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 (laughs) you know. It was kind of, I can't believe. That's how bad this show is. It's made me nostalgic for maps. I, I, ca- I can't believe it. I, <laughs> I, I'm really shocked by that. I'm, I'm as shocked as when Abby got kicked out <laughs> that you are talking in any way nostalgically about maps. You're gagged. I am. I am. <laughs> yeah, I was gagged watching Abby um, and I heard someone say, like, miss you already. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I replayed that several times though. No, no, because I was like, what? But I replayed it and it was it was Conga Brittany and she was um, oh. she was being sincere. But the bit that I love and I've got in my notes to mention to you right at the end, Abby scoffed at that. Yeah, Abby was like, ugh. Did you see that Mary apologised in her Insta stories to pretty much every other woman on the show? I did, but I don't accept her apology. On their behalf. <laughs> yes, correct. On their behalf, but also I don't think it's sincere. I think Mary's like, again, with all of them, with Jamie, with Mary, with Conga Brittany. Yeah. (laughs) Is that what we're really calling her? Um, Brittany, it's not that I don't like them and think that they're like assholes or anything. It's that I think that they're really insecure and really damaged. And I want them to like themselves and rate themselves and be like, fuck, I'm so great. Mm -hmm. You know, um, of course I'm going to have a fun time and have a chat with anyone here because I'm interesting and I'm nice to be around and I'm, you know, like a nice person, but they obviously don't feel like that about themselves. They obviously right. kind of live in a bit of a, you know, constant fear of being rejected. And so then they kind of, same with Cass, like lash out at everyone first. Cass's like commentary on Abby was absurd. Really awful. And then the talking herself through potentially hooking up with her friend's ex who she, I assume, knew clearly really hurt her, um, judging by the previews and everything that Kieran talked about. Um, I was really thrown, side note, by the fact that Cass physically resembles one of my bosses really closely. (laughs) So, so, so so closely. But... um, (sighs) My boss is lovely, so she would never do anything like that to anyone. But but I felt this really weird feeling every time I see her on camera. Is that that no no? It's it's this is this other woman. It's not. <laughs> She's fine. She doesn't mean any of this. I am yeah, I, I am v confused, and she will never do this to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think. Look, I'm holding out hope that when they're allowed to speak, 
um, Naranga and Jake will be, you know, good value. I don't think that Jake's value. Um, Naranga seems like he's got a bit of, you know, goal about him and like he's he cracked a few little jokes and stuff and I thought, oh, let's talk more with you. But he gave Mary a rose. So do you think they've got a little alliance to make sure that they I actually noticed and I paused a couple of times that in um, group settings, um, Nurunga and Mary at least at one point were like hugging and laughing together. So they clearly were interacting. It wasn't just like I'm going to give a rose to a rant to a, a woman. But I feel like strategy, they might be like, I'll keep you alliance. in as long as you keep me in. Yeah. And then that keeps us both here so that we can pursue whatever we want. Because, I mean, as far like as far as what she said on camera, Mary was into Glenn and shit canning yeah. Eleanor yeah. For, for existing. Uh, Glenn, why even is Glenn? Uh, well, the most interesting, interesting thing he said was, oh, makeup sex is really good. Predictions. Glenna. Mm, yeah. Eleanor yep. and Glenn. Um, I think Brit's going to get sick of Tim and come to her senses or maybe that's just wishful thinking. I, f- I feel like they're setting this up for more than that. I think obviously Kieran and Jess are going to explode spectacularly, yeah. maybe with his ex coming and whatnot. Do you think Kieran might leave? Because the, do you think because the promo was like, I'm going? Yeah, and just that he might suddenly realise, oh, I'm not going to be looking very good. Well, I guess it would depend on, so say if everything blew up with him and Jess and Renee and whoever else, it would depend on whether or not he would still get like a pity rose or whatever from like Cass or, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Do you reckon Niranga's going to hook up with someone? I just feel like we haven't gotten to know him at all. And yeah. so maybe he's really cool and fun and maybe he and the um, crazy dancing lady could like have a thing yeah. or maybe um, maybe he and Mary do like vibe together and kind of hit it off and they're thinking, you know, there could be something there. I don't know. I think he's really yes. handsome. It was actually crazy to me that he's sitting there and various women are saying to him effectively, I've got no choice, no other choice. There's no men. <laughs> but also, you know, did you feel like maybe there was a bit of racism? Yes, definitely. In that as well? Because I felt like this guy, I mean, like I said, we don't know. Maybe he's a total jerk face. Yeah. But because he, because again, structural racism, he hasn't had more than 10 seconds yeah. <laughs> on air yet. But he kind of, he's handsome and, you know, he's a, he's a hottie more so than the other guys who yeah. women were like fighting over. So I kind of felt a bit like that was ringing a few alarm bells for me oh, that maybe he was just not clocking, like they weren't clocking him as, the epic, epic hottie that he is. I don't think that it would be a shock or a surprise to any people of colour watching it to think he's he's not even registering to, to the women. That he would there. be overlooked. That he would be yeah. a, a potential because, yes, of structural racism, individual racism, and the fact that in Batching in Paradise they're drawing from an incredibly white pool and mm. the treatment of people of colour and particularly women of colour on Australian reality dating shows has been truly abysmal. Like there are, you, you didn't watch it, but there was on Love Island there was this gorgeous woman called Cynthia who just couldn't catch a break because she, the 
all of the guys who walked in, mainly white, not all, uh, their eyes just kind of like slid over her. But she was like the most beautiful woman. And, you know, I just saw a lot of, yeah, commentary from people saying, this is my experience. This is my lived experience, you know, as a black woman. Love Island has this um, construct of you, people pick someone from a distance the first time they see them. <laughs> like they walk and they're separated from, and they, and they have to choose on the spot who they're going to couple up with, like right there without even having a word. And they're like a good 10, 20 metres away from each other. And I don't think I've seen a black woman chosen in that situation. And it's like man, just the man after man after man is choosing these white women standing there. So all of that to say, yeah, I don't, I don't think for a lot of people watching this that that it would be a shock or a surprise that Naranga has had no screen time and is not being like actively pursued by women that we're seeing um, on there. And I feel like similarly with Mary, I mean, obviously with her, we're seeing that she is not probably displaying a personality that seems like she's having much fun or enjoying it or liking many of the people there. But maybe she's getting the Anglo black woman yes. edit, you know, yeah. like white supremacy is like more complex than obviously more complex than just not being chosen or not being framed as attractive. It's like, what are they, what are they choosing to focus on? You know, what, what are the acceptable ways that you can be on the screen? So Mary's allowed in the batchy verse because mm. she's the sassy black girl you know like she's she's the kind of constructed as like oh well, she'll say anything she's the comic relief yeah, she's relief. you know yeah. and so that's really complex as well oh okay that's another thing that's another thing that I that I was gonna that I wrote on my list of like come on when Brit kept saying I never go for guys like Tim. Like Tim is not my type, you know. And I was like, hang on, wasn't the honey badger also a tall, goofy twit? Like um, wasn't that his shtick was that he was like, I'm a giant buffoon. <laughs> Pretty much. Right? So because, like, I've done some homework. So after last week I look up the Honey Badger, He, I've seen him in ads and things yeah. for, like, undies. undies. Yeah, with a baby strapped to him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so his whole personality, like, his whole kind of shtick is I'm a big, you know, goofy, gormless, loud mouth. I'm a lovable Aussie larrikin. Oh, ding dong. <laughs> Also, can I just say they could have had a nicer resort? <gasps> well, this is what I'm saying. It made me laugh that they were in twin share burets. They were in like school camp cabins together. <laughs> oh, <laughs> At least God. they weren't bunk beds. I suppose Man. the bunk beds would like obscure the um the, the camera night camera. I would do anything to be in that school camp right now in the <laughs> corona. So park yeah, park. Great little body. <laughs> you can ask us to marry you on Nearly underscore Beloved on Twitter, Nearly Beloved Podcast on Insta, and Nearly Beloved Podcast at gmail.com. I now pronounce this podcast finished. <laughs>